You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Well, this morning I'd like to share with you three problems as a result of bitterness in the heart. The first problem is that you'll get no peace at all. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14, Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. And the Bible says in Romans 12, 18, If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. And sometimes you can try to get along with people and do the best you can. There's some people that just won't do that. Sometimes you can even ask people to forgive you and they'll say, and they will never forgive you, but you know what? You just do the best you can. But if you continue to harbor this bitterness in your heart, you'll have no peace at all. Number two, you'll get no prayers answered. The Bible says in Psalm 66, 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. That word regard in the Latin language is spelled video, but it's not pronounced like that. It's pronounced widow. And uh, what happens and what, what goes on when you have bitterness in your heart or any unconfessed sin, and you, you think about that, it's like there's a video that plays in your mind. Maybe somebody did something to you that was terrible. Maybe there were some circumstances that happened in your life and you didn't understand why it happened and you think about it and you start thinking about it and as that video starts to play, then a fire starts to burn down here in your bosom. Uh, Proverbs 15, 29 says, The Lord is not uh, is far from the wicked, but He heareth the prayer of the righteous. And Isaiah 59, verses 1 and 2, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither is ear heavy that it cannot hear, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid His face from you that He will not hear. Now, of course, God hears every prayer, but He doesn't acknowledge every prayer because if you got sin in your life, He's wanting you to take care of that first and then come and talk to Him about whatever your need may be. So you get no peace at all. You get no prayers answered. And number three, you give place to the devil. Look at your Bibles there in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 26 and 27. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. See, He wants you to take care of it today. Neither give place to the devil. Now that phrase, give place, is topos in the Greek. It means topography. It means to give ground. Do you know, as a child of God, the devil can't do anything to you unless you open the door and let him in? And when you have unconfessed sin in your life, especially, I believe, the sin of bitterness, you open the door and give him a way to come in. And he wants to get in there and he wants to destroy your life. Imagine that your life is like a pizza pie. And when you open the door and let Satan come in, he eats a slice of that pie. But he doesn't just want to eat one slice. He wants to eat the whole pie. He wants to get in there and get a strong hold in your heart and in your life. But the Bible says in James 4, 17, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. All right. How many of you are married in here today? All right. How many of you have ever had um, a heated discussion with your mate? 
or argument. Let's just go ahead. You ever done that? Okay. Thank you for being honest. I'm not the only one. All right. Well, early in my marriage, my wife and I were having one of those discussions, if you want to call it that or whatever. And I remember she was sitting on the couch and I was standing up and I was talking to her and I was pleading my case or whatever. And I, I was just getting frustrated. And finally, I got to the point I was done with it and I was fed up. And I said, forget it. I'm going to bed. And I went into the bedroom and got on my knees to pray. Guess what? I couldn't pray. I wanted to, and I don't hear bells ringing or voices in my head or anything like that, but that still small voice, the Holy Spirit of God, said, Bruce, you need to go in there and tell your wife you're sorry. And I said, no, God, I don't need to do that. She needs to come in here and tell me she's sorry. She started this thing. It's her fault. And I'm starting to have this argument with God. You know, it's not going anywhere. And I realized, man, I'm not going to be able to go to sleep. I'm not going to get my prayers answered. I'm not going to have any peace until I straighten this thing out with my wife. So I got off my knees. I went in there and I said, Honey, what I said was wrong. The way I said it was wrong. I am so sorry. Will you please forgive me? And she forgave me and told me it was her fault. No, I'm just kidding. I don't even remember what it was about. But if I went in there just so I could hear her say it was her fault, I went in there for the wrong reason. The reason I did it was because I wanted to be right with God. You get right with God, it's like this. You get right with people, it's like this, and it forms a cross, and all the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Amen? And so that's the, the thing that happened. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 19, Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Do you know what? If you're filled with the Holy Spirit of God, you know, when you get saved, the Holy Spirit of God comes to live inside. You are indwelt with the Holy Spirit of God. Do you believe that? Amen? But the thing about it is, we're not always filled with the Holy Spirit of God. D.L. Moody said, I pray for the filling of the Holy Spirit of God every day because I leak. Uh, are you with him on that? <laughs> I am too. I leak too. And so, uh, and so uh, it was uh, Bobby Robertson said that he was riding with Lester Roloff in a car one day, and he said he thought he might have said something a little off color. And so he looked over. And Brother Roloff, and he said, Brother, he said, I am so sorry I said that. I shouldn't have said that. He said, I would never want to say anything that would offend you. He said, Dr. Roloff looked over at him and said, You can't offend a dead man, brother. And a lot of times the reason we get offended and we get all upset and stuff is because we're not dead enough. That's why Paul said, I die daily. Amen? Sometimes we just need to die just a little bit. And uh, the Bible says in Psalm 119, 165, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. But here's the thing about it. When you're bitter in heart at somebody or some circumstance that happened to you in your life, do you realize that you're really bitter at God? Because what you're saying is this, God, you let these people treat me like that. You let this happen in my life. And what happens, you get bitter at God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 8 says, He therefore that despiseth, despiseth not man, but God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, I've been trying to memorize these verses and they just twist me up a little bit. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. You see why I'm having trouble with those. But anyway, what does all that mean? That means that God allows something in your life here because somewhere down the road, somebody else is going to go through what you've already been through. You've been there. You've done that. You've worn the T-shirt. You've thrown it away, whatever. And you'll be able to help them because you've already been there. You will know how they feel. This happened to me uh, years ago. 
when I was still living in Nashville, Tennessee, I was working in Cleveland, Tennessee, and I started going to Shenandoah Baptist Church there, and they had a boys' ranch and a girls' haven. And on Tuesday night, I would go to the boys' ranch and somebody would preach. And I was always there if the boys needed for counsel and stuff like that. And after this service uh, that one night, this young 16-year-old boy came up to me and he said, Brother Bruce, can I talk to you? And I said, sure. So we went into another room and sat down and he started telling me about his life. The reason that he had gotten to the boys' ranch there because him and his dad didn't get along. They rubbed each other the wrong way and, and his dad was abusive to him. And as he was telling me his story, I'm reliving my life because I'm sitting there thinking, this kid is me. And all of a sudden, he just stopped. He said, why am I telling you all this? He said, you have no idea how I feel. I said, boy, I know exactly how you feel. He said, how could you know? And I told him some things I've never told anybody because I knew it would help him. And he got right with God. He said, I'm going to go back to my room. I'm going to write my daddy a letter. And I remember walking out after I left his presence, and I looked up at the stars of heaven, and I said, God... I've often wondered why you allowed some things in my life when I was growing up as a kid and I didn't understand it all. And I said, God, it doesn't matter if I understand it or not, but if he's the only boy I ever help, thank you for allowing me to go through that because I'd have never been able to help him if God wouldn't allow him. You see, God's a good God. The devil wants you to think that God's not a good God. Oh, if he was a good God, he wouldn't allow this. No, God allows things in your life because it's for your good and his glory somehow, some way, whether we understand it or not. Um, bitterness is like taking poison and waiting for the other person to die. How do you know if you're still bitter? You'll say things like this. I'll forgive them, but I'll never forget it. I'll forgive them, but I don't want anything to do with them. I'll forgive them, but I don't want to ever see them again as long as I live. That's not the heart of the Lord. Jesus doesn't want retaliation. That's what we want. He wants restoration. You know, you may never forget it, but you don't have to dwell on it all the time. Philippians chapter 4 um, <clears throat> says, uh, Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things, and the peace of God shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You know, sometimes there's some things that happen, as I was talking about in Sunday school, that's happened in the past, but we don't have to dwell on that all the time. We can dwell on the Word of God, and that'll help you get over a lot of that, I can tell you that. But uh, 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 23 says, talking about Christ, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. You know, I could get you all to stand in a line and one by one, I could whisper some things in your ear that happened to me growing up as a kid. And I might get you to agree with me. Yes, Bruce, you, you deserve to be mad. You deserve to be angry. You deserve to be bitter. And I might get you to agree with me, but what am I going to whisper in the ear of the Lord Jesus Christ? Lord, this is what they said. Oh, they mocked you. And this is what they did to me. They beat him within an inch of his life. And no matter what we go through here is nothing compared to what Jesus Christ went through before he went to the cross of Calvary and while he was on the cross True forgiveness just doesn't bring it up again. The Bible says in Ephesians 5.20, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is an act of obedience, trusting Him with the outcome, no matter what it may be. Look back at your Bibles at verse 31. And it says, <clears throat> talks about this 
progression of bitterness. Now, the first word that God uses here is the word bitterness. Now, we've already talked about that, resentment when someone does you wrong. So there's hate there. I've got some H's here I'm going to use. Hate. And then He uses the word wrath. That's when that hate turns into hot on the inside. It starts to burn. And then He uses the word anger. That's when the hot on the inside starts to come on the outside. And then He uses the word clamor. These are harmful words, vocal, loud, tears, and shouting, making known your dissatisfaction. Then he uses the phrase evil speaking. Then the harmful words turn into hateful words. You start saying things you don't really mean. You start slandering the person, putting them down, trying to make yourself look good, and you end up making yourself look bad. And then he ends with the word malice. When you get to this point, you want to hurt somebody or you want to hurt yourself. A lot of these people that go into these schools and shoot these kids and things like that, there's a bitterness issue they've never taken care of, and it finally explodes. And not only do they hurt other people, then you end up, a lot of them kill themselves after they killed other people. It's just a terrible thing. And then the, uh, the last verse talks about what can we can do about that. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Why can't you forgive somebody else? God has forgiven you of everything. We should be able to forgive because He's forgiven us. What a wonderful thing. Mark Twain made this statement. Forgiveness is the fragrance that the flower leaves on the heel of the one who crushed it. Another person said this, To forgive is to set a captive free only to discover that captive is me. The softest pillow is a clean conscience. Bitterness never kills its intended target. Bitterness finally eats the container that it lives in. If you're here today and you're bitter and angry at somebody, it is going to eat you alive until you take care of it the way God wants you to. So how do you battle bitterness? Number one, you confess your bitterness as sin to God. 1 John 1, 9, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Secondly, you pray for the person that's hurt you or the circumstances happened to you. Matthew 5, 44, But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. And I've counseled with people and they say, I can't do that. I said, well, the Bible says you're a child of God. I can do all things through Christ with strengthening me. No, you can't do it, but you can do it through Christ. Ask Him to help you. And I can tell you this, you start praying for somebody that's hurt you, and after a while... You won't be hating them. You'll feel sorry for them and you'll start loving them because you can't continue praying for somebody and hating them at the same time. It just, it just won't wash. And so confess your sin to God, pray for that person, and then if possible, go to that person and talk to them about it. And I know that's not always possible. Like in the case with my dad, I couldn't go talk to my dad. We, we hadn't spoken in three or four years. He didn't want to talk to me, but I did write him a letter. Maybe there's somebody you need to write a letter to. Maybe a phone call. And it may be the person that hurt you so bad years ago is dead and gone. You can't do anything about that. But you can make things right with God and you can get this bitterness out of your heart if you confess it as sin and do what God tells you to do. Matthew 5, 23, Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar and there rememberest thy brother hath aught against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, go thy way first, be reconciled to thy brother, then come and offer thy gift. You know, it's hard to battle bitterness 
without first tasting the forgiveness that God offers through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I forgave my dad a long time ago before I got saved. But then after I got saved, I really forgave my dad because I really understood what true forgiveness is all about. I remember I went to see him one day and I said, I said, God, I still had a hard time talking to my dad. I said, God, I really want to talk to my daddy today. Help me. And I went over to see him and he said, hey, jump in the truck. I'm going to take you around. He's got 83 acres of land. He wanted to show me some work that he was doing. And the whole time I'm praying, God, help me to talk to my dad. Help me to talk. And finally, I said, Dad, I said, I got something I want to talk to you about. And he said, okay, what's that? I said, Dad, you know, I know we had our troubles and all that, and me leaving home and all that stuff. And, and I said, but you know, there were times, Dad, that you really, got, you really tried to love on me, but I pushed you away. And I said, I'm so sorry I did that, Daddy. I was, will you forgive me for that, Dad? He said, oh, don't worry about that, boy. That was a long time ago. I said, I know it was a long time ago, Dad. But I said, I've just been thinking about it. And I wish I'd have let you love on me when you really tried. And I, I just want you to forgive me. Will you forgive me, Dad? He said, don't worry about it. I said, I'm not worried about it. I want you to forgive me. <laughs> he said, okay, I'll forgive you. And it was like three or four times. But he finally said, okay, son, I'll forgive you. And I didn't do all that, so he would say, will you forgive me? I, no, I just, I just wanted to love on him. You know, and I thank God. I remember we were in the garden one day. We were digging up some potatoes. And he said to me, he said, you know, your brother's children are different. At that time, I wasn't married, didn't have kids, and my brother had three kids. And I said, yeah, I guess they are, Dad. Never thought about that. He said, it took me a long time to figure that out. And what my dad was doing in his own way is that you were different from your brothers. And it took me a long time to figure that out. I knew what he was saying. I had to turn my face away from him because, you know, I said, Lord, dad's trying to make peace with me. Thank God for that. You know, there was a, a man that went to Africa, was trying to win this village to Christ. And this little boy was there and he was... Uh, pretty much homeless and his mom and dad had died. So this missionary adopted this little boy. He led him to faith in Jesus Christ and was trying to teach him how to be a godly young man. And one day he walked out of the hut and his little boy had made a sword and it was a sharp sword and he was out there fighting with the chickens in the yard. Now, his dad ran and stopped him and he said, son, don't do that because you kill them chickens. We're not going to have eggs for breakfast tomorrow. He said, take your sword, you know, fight with a tree, something you can't you know, kill or something, okay? And he said, okay, Dad. So he walked back in the hut, and the little boy went right back to fighting the chickens and killed one of those chickens. Now, instead of going in the hut, confessing his sin, telling his dad what he has done, he took that chicken to the edge of the woods, he dug a hole, he buried it, covered it up, covered up his tracks, turned around, and guess who's watching him do the whole ordeal? <laughs> Not his new daddy, but the meanest man in the village. And that man said, oh, What's your daddy going to think about you now, Christian boy? He said, oh, please, sir, please don't tell my new dad what I've done. He'll be so disappointed in me. He said, please, I'll do anything you ask me to do, but please don't tell him what I've done. That mean old man said, I'll tell you what, boy. When I wake up in the morning, if there's water and wood beside my hut, I won't say a word. But I wake up one morning and there's no wood and there's no water. I'm going to go tell your daddy what you did with that chicken. He said, oh, you'll get wood and get water. And for two weeks solid, 
that little boy toted wood and toted water, toted wood and toted water till his heart was about to bust. He couldn't stand it anymore. And he ran in the hut one day and he said, Dad, remember the chicken, the sword? You told me not to do it. I disobeyed you. I went to the woods. I buried him. I tried to cover it up. And I'm sorry, Dad, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And his dad wrapped his arms around it. He said, Son, you are forgiven. You know, the Bible says, He that covereth their sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. And that little boy walked out with the weight off of his shoulders, and the next day he didn't take any wood and he didn't take any water. That mean old man came to him and said, Where's my wood and where's my water, boy? He said, I'm not doing that anymore. And he said, Well, I'm going to go tell you, Daddy, what you did with that chicken. He said, You don't have to. Already did. And I'm forgiven. And there's a lot of people toting wood and toting water they don't have to tote. They say you can catch a raccoon several different ways. And one way is to take a board, cut a hole in it, and put the nails around it like this, put some bait behind it. And when the raccoon reaches his hand in to grab the bait, when he pulls his hand back, the nails catch him like this. And if he would let go of the bait, he could get his hand out. But he holds on to it and he tugs on it. The harder he tugs, the harder he pulls, the longer he holds on to it, the more trapped he becomes. And it's the same thing with bitterness or any other sin. The longer you hold on to it, the longer it is to let it go. But God this morning is saying, let it go and give it to me. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to ask you a question. God, speak to your heart during this message this morning. Would you raise your hand? God bless you. God bless you. Hands here and there. Now, I don't know how he spoke to you or what your need may be. But if you have some bitterness issues in your heart and in your life, God wants you to give them to Him. So right there in your seat, I want to give you a chance to do something. If you say, Brother Bruce, there's somebody that's in my life that I am bitter and angry at. And I know I need to give it to God. I want you to pretend they're right in the palm of your hand. And I want you to make a fist. And I want you to lift it up into the air. Say, God, here it is. I've been holding on this for a long time. I don't want to hold on to it anymore. I'm tired of it. And today, I want to give it to you. And just open your hand and give it to God today. If you're here today and you're not 100% sure that if you died right where you're sitting, you go to heaven would you raise your hand and give me an opportunity to pray for you? I won't embarrass you. I won't come to you. I won't point you out. I just want to pray for you. you. Say, Bruce, pray for me. If I died right now, I'm not sure I'd go to heaven. I'm not sure that I'm a Christian. Would you please pray for me? Is there anybody I could pray for like that today? Again, I won't, won't embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. If you lift your hand, I'm looking around. I don't see any hands. Father God in heaven, Thank you for speaking to the hearts of your children today. And Father, I pray for those who are listening on the internet or on the radio. And Lord, I pray that you did a work in their heart as well. And Father, if there's anybody out there and they've never put their faith and their trust in the finished work of your dear son, his death, burial, and resurrection for their salvation, I pray that they'd find them a place and bow their head and heart and cry out to you. Because you said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I pray you'll do that before it's eternally too late. 
Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.